0: hola and welcome to the drama club on this week's episode the youtubers are back at it again with the drama everyone's back in will and Jada's business including us we talk Ghislaine maxwell and steph has got the story of the disappearance of natalie holloway stay tuned
1: what up fam, what up, fam? It's good.
2: feels good right right <laughs> Yeah, I know it dude. I know yeah. it just, yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to L. L. You know what's
0: really sad that Carl Reiner died? Yeah. How old was he? Ninety six? Ninety-six or like ninety-eight or something like that. I don't know. He was old as fuck. But old as fuck, still funny. Still like Yeah. Still funny, huh? <laughs> still working all the time. I always think I think about Mel Brooks all the time, his best friend uh-huh and now i'm like oh god like somebody please be
1: there for mel brooks yeah i just saw that picture of them with the black lives matter shirt yes on. they had oh,
0: that was dope. they had dinner every single night did you know that that's awesome and they watched like a, got together and watched a movie that's awesome <sighs> anyway I, I always think about mel brooks because i always think like what's like s- something that would destroy me like if it was a uh, if they got me too'd and i always think about mel brooks yeah yeah because he was from a different time and like i don't know i'm always like that would kill me (laughs) yeah they're close with woody allen too right no are you sure i'm sure yeah i know because woody's east coast and they're west coast
1: well according to uh wikipedia they're close with Woody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah rp to carl reiner
1: yeah rp that's a sad one lots of people giving shout outs to him yeah it's never better. I mean that uh, people are always like, "Oh, they lived a long life. It still hurts." Yeah. It's never any better. Does people magazine have an in memoriam? Oh my section? god. I would make that my homepage. <laughs> Do you know anything about the YouTuber drama with Oh, Tati? Yeah. Back... Tati is a whistleblower of YouTube, bro.
0: <laughs> Tati back at it again with the drama. Yeah. Well, this is what I know because people Uh were doing that thing where they sort of like clickbait you on Twitter, where they're like got the breakdown of all the drama, and then it was like links to Brianna Taylor's uh, petition, and which I appreciate
1: that, but also I I want to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess Tati said in her famous video from last year, the Hey Sisters video, where she called out James Charles. James Charles. That these other YouTubers pressured her into making that video one one is shane dawson and then the other one is jeffree star
1: jeffree star is problematic yeah like right he's been problematic i don't know why he's still kind of famous honestly like is he a racist yeah like i know there's a lot of pictures of him with like confederate flags and stuff and he came out and said something like oh i just did that as like for shock value when i was young which maybe but yeah. but i don't know <laughs> also like i mean you know you're a white like you're white male he, he is gay so yeah he's not completely devoid of uh privilege or uh, hold on struggle That's not the right yeah struggle <laughs> but still it's not okay and yeah, Kat Von D had a pretty public falling out with him having to do with racism, which I don't know that much about. I always wanted to maybe do an that episode that. That might be that. a good one. Yeah. Because she's been accused of it
0: too. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's why people kind of point to them together as being like right. this little. Yeah. Because I, I thought it was from, I don't, like I said, I don't know too much about Jeffrey, but I thought it was worse maybe. than that. It might be way worse than that, I think. Yeah. Okay. That, that could be a, its own thing, I think.
1: He also kind of like... Something about him I just don't like. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like Uh something about his whole image is kind of like... I don't know. He seems like he would be somebody who could like... Do something fucked up for his own personal vendetta. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: And that's what Tati was sort of implying from what I saw. That he has maybe dirt on people or like uh sort of like blackmailing or pressuring that like that's how she got pressured like oh he said something like oh this could blow back on you if you don't do this Mm. and i'm not gonna watch i i gave her my 40 minutes last year i'm not gonna give her another 40 minutes this year
1: dude (laughs) after that so i didn't know who james charles was i kind of knew who tati was because our friend nane yeah uh watches her Mm -hmm. youtube tutorials and is way better at makeup than all of us earth then and everyone on earth everybody on this <laughs> earth <laughs> but um i also watched the 40 minute video and then after that i i was like fucking watching tati's videos like oh, me too yeah like for a long ass time because i'll like put on a youtube video while i work sometimes yeah. like i'm just dictating something easy uh-huh. and so like her channel was like my <laughs> go-to for a long ass time after that such good lighting, such good everything. <laughs> so, I don't know, like I
0: I I am curious but I want someone to break it down in a tweet.
1: Shane Dawson, also very problematic, just like through the grapevine, like from what I hear, like he has done videos in blackface. He called out Willow Smith for some reason. And so the Smiths came at him recently. No, he didn't call out Willow Smith. There
0: was a video where he was in front of a poster of her and he was pretending to masturbate to it. What? And this was like a video. uh, This was a poster of Willow Smith at like 11 years old or something like that that's disgusting and shane dawson is a grown-ass man
1: Why? Are, oh i mean i'm not trying to hate like i if i was a youtuber i'd be like this is awesome but why are youtubers a thing <laughs> <laughs> and why do they all seem to have this same problem i mean i think there's something wrong with you if you're just gonna sit by yourself and like record yourself hmm mm-hmm like starting out you don't have any sort of fucking fan base so who the fuck are you talking to yeah true <laughs> that's weird
0: well it's like it's like a
1: diary a public diary man? yeah like a blog like
0: a I don't know it's just a video blog yeah mm. yeah <laughs> Oh, s- somebody commented on one of our YouTube videos this sucks <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, go in and just like it. Yeah, that's very
1: good. <laughs> hey man, thanks for thank, thank you for your honesty. No, I was
0: gonna say thank you for taking the time out of your day. <laughs> yeah, also that.
1: Oh, uh, that's hilarious.
0: Did you hear that FedEx, that is the uh, the name on the stadium where the R- Washington
1: Redskins play, asked them to change the name. That's awesome. I saw that Nike took down all Washington Redstone's products from their website Mm -hmm. for sale.
0: Here's the thing that we've been asking for. Unlike a lot of things that are happening where it's like nobody's asking for that. Like the
1: voice characters and like taking the blackface episodes off shows where...
0: Of like the Golden Girls one was ridiculous. (laughs) They were wearing a mud mask. It wasn't blackface. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Yeah, some of it's just, it's distraction, like you said. It's just, like, a little band-aid. Yeah. They're they're literally throwing us a bone, people a bone. Yeah. And, like, a bone
0: that has, that doesn't matter. Like, that Golden Girls, it really pissed me off because it makes us look stupid. Like, oh, this is what you guys want? Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Uh,
1: Yeah, so the Redskins have to come to terms with that name at some point. I know this is a stupid question, and it Like, I know that redskins is bad, Mm -hmm. but I always forget it's derogatory against Native Americans. Why? Because of the skinning? Like, the hair? It's like, what if some, what if like
0: we called them the yellowskins and their mascot was like an Asian man eating rice or some shit?
1: (laughs) I don't, I just like, don't even, I don't even know how to wrap my head around a lot of racism. (laughs) Like, how do you have that much hate in your body? Or like, how are you that fucking
0: shit? Honestly, you're
1: just literally a pile of shit
0: and like the red skin things it we're almost desensitized to it because it's just been that way forever forever that's why some people are like why change it because
1: it's just like you know but no why why would you keep it it's shitty yeah oh you know what was another thing that was funny it is problematic but aunt jemima oh yeah aunt jemima (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> low-key
0: i'm always like when i pass that island i see and jemima like it always makes me feel some type of way i'm
1: like really <laughs> it's really bad it's really bad and i did like the she was like a slave and everything. yeah <laughs> it's fucking horrible but yeah but yeah like that was hor- it is horrible they do need to change that but i was like okay syrup like yeah this is not the change we're calling for it's long overdue uh, sure, but, but- there are we're past that come on now like
0: like. (laughs) we got bigger fish to fry right now
1: (laughs) and i saw her family like coming out saying they wanted something and i was like that's how to fix this like you know Uh, they're probably fine with using her name and likeness but fucking get them paid get them
0: paid yeah because she wasn't paid she died like destitute yeah and yeah yeah fuck that bullshit it's not even real syrup y'all get real maple syrup needs to be refrigerated just so y'all
1: know may <sighs> my dad i always feel so bad because he gets like honey from mexico uh-huh and it's like holes like it's not real honey baby like it's sugar like uh, you know it's sugar water or sugar water just di- maybe it's diluted honey or something yeah, yeah but he's always like look at this big ass gallon i get for like fucking whatever ten dollars yeah. or something and uh since we moved out he always brings some for me and i just fucking have it in the garage just like no real honey's fucking expensive maybe man.
0: you can get maybe you can put it in like a you can get one of those bird things bird feeder type things and like fuck
1: no birds make big ass messes The hum,
0: like a hummingbird hummingbirds come and eat that don't they shit everywhere but hummingbirds have like little tiny shits mm, we'll see. i'm scared of birds though so i don't <laughs> What is that? What is that phobia? Like orinth phobia or whatever the fuck it is. It's called being a pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I buy this big ass raw honey from last and shit is so fucking expensive. It's like the size of like one of those huge peanut butters and it's like hard. What's that one? The manuka? Oh, manuka honey is so fucking expensive. Fucking expensive.
1: I think that's a scam though. I'm sure it is. I'm sure all this shit is a scam, man. Eh? I believe it. I get so mad when I go to the grocery store with him. I'm like, man, stay in the fucking car. <laughs> Anything with like a like a a modern label. That's oh yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. In like sans serif for like one yeah. of those like an aerial. Oh.
1: <laughs> He's like, this looks good. I'm like, you're so full of shit, man.
0: <laughs> no, I love like like uh, anything that looks like it would be sold on goops website i I want (laughs) i want it and like it makes me feel like shit i'm not gonna buy it (laughs) but i want it (laughs) hey way to keep it real let me let me live my white rich white bitch fantasy right now
1: (laughs) yeah if you want to please black lives matter break down goop (laughs) oh yes goop is the goop is the enemy man uh <laughs> all right i'm sorry we got uh off track
0: well we were talking about yeah how do we get on that
1: <laughs> i don't know but we were talking
0: about Tati? shane dawson shane dawson and you brought up willow oh, yeah. smith which is uh, interesting because there's also will and jade are in the news this week <laughs>
1: right so who august what alcina
0: is he a singer
1: Yes, August Alsina, an American singer songwriter from New Orleans, Mm. uh, publicly said that he was with Jada Pinkett and that Will Smith gave his blessing for the affair that they had, Mm -hmm. which there's always been rumors that their marriage is open. So it wasn't I mean, I wasn't like people were really shocked by this. I thought more shocked than I thought. People
0: were really shocked by it, but I think equally, there were equal amounts of people who were like, y'all didn't know this? Because this is like a very... It's been
1: known, I thought. Yeah,
0: that they're in an open relationship. And you know what I don't like? There are all these people that stand them as a couple. And I mean, I do too. And they stand them, and then now they're like, oh, I guess it's not how I thought. What do you... What fucking changed? They still built this beautiful family together of mutual respect. Their kids are incredible.
1: Yeah, their kids are incredible, actually. Like, even uh, what's-his-face who seems so stupid, like, he's really incredible. Jaden? Jaden? Yeah. Yeah, like, he plays off, like, this little dumb right? rich kid, but he's really, like, I mean, they're just good people. All of them are really, really good people. So, what has changed? What, because people are fucking stupid. They think that, like, something is a fucking notebook or fairy tale or some shit, like, I literally
0: i cannot think of a couple of a celebrity couple that respects each other more openly than those two supports
1: each other like yeah for sure
0: and what they built regardless of like who they fucking sleep with is irrelevant it's
1: none of our business truly that's one thing that guy august i i will say maybe why'd you cut? why'd you come out with it like isn't this some private shit but Mm -hmm. i mean that's between him and whatever but in hindsight they're denying it right will and jada i don't know because jada said she was going to
0: bring it to red table talk
1: yeah which good for her i think you know she's doing she's promoting her show yeah Mm -hmm. people also hating her for her on that and everybody was like excuse me there's a family out there (laughs) who's been doing this for 18 (laughs) seasons the rides
0: was smashy yeah they don't do shit for anybody (laughs) (laughs)
1: My God! Did you see fucking Kim's tweet going viral? This is North's the horse, black Frisian horse. We have ninety six of them on the Ugh, property yeah. in Minnetonka. She's got um, she's a
0: billionaire this week also allegedly too, right? Oh yeah,
1: that's what they said. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, I and all of them are billionaires now. All of y'all,
1: <laughs> I know Con- Yeah. yeah. The little one. Y'all, y'all. Fucking North is a billionaire. <laughs> North out here slinging horses.
0: <laughs> I would like to see it. I want to see them open their books. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of it.
1: Yeah. I don't believe a lot of it, like the show and everything, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what do you, so you feel some type of way about August coming out and talking about it? Yeah. Just like, why did he have to do that? You know? I agree. But also, like, he did sound like real hurt. You know what? How what was he saying? Like, I, why? How did it even come out? He was doing an interview with homegirl from The Breakfast Club. I don't know her name.
1: Okay, fucking Breakfast Club, man. <laughs> They're on it. They get some good tea on their show. It's true.
0: And he said that you know he was in this relationship, like you said, just like in this relationship with Jada for years, and that he was like completely in love with her, all in, and that when it ended, she just kind of like tossed him aside, and that he still, he said he he felt like dying he felt like it was death like it hurt him so so bad but then he was like as time went on i realized that i am lucky to have experienced love like this and right and they will always hold that precious or whatever so i mean he, he is i guess entitled to speak his truth but right sure but it i mean it does kind of suck you're that you're opening secrets yeah. in the
1: meantime though you know you could have mm-hmm. said just i was with a married woman or whatever he right. wanted the clout team. yeah i'm sure yeah because he has a song
0: about her i think too i mean uh,
1: if he doesn't he's going yeah. to drop uh, one i'll yeah. tell you how
0: much <laughs> you remember when robin thick made that whole, whole ass, ass album
1: <laughs> yeah thirsty ass robin thick he fine though <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to fuck Robin Thicke. I want to buy something from Goop. I'm just letting out all my deepest, darkest secrets right now. Man,
1: you like La La Land more than Moonlight. I ain't forget. I
0: do like La La Land more than
1: Moonlight. Ew. (laughs) man, that's so embarrassing. I know. Don't say that shit out loud. I know. (laughs) I started watching Moonlight the other day, and I just watched, because it's on Netflix right now. Mm. I just watched the first... uh, the first the chapter first he's he's a little boy still yeah God, it's so fucking good that movie's yeah. so fucking good i what is he in um Ooh. i can't say his na- last name or i can't say his first name mahershala
0: mahershala ali
1: yeah is he in anything right now
0: it right now i don't know oh he's going to be the new blade
1: in the oh okay that's cool uh he he uh, was in the third season of true detective that was fucking good i did not see that you should watch it man it's good as fuck.
0: i did i he came to my attention in house of cards that's how yep that's how i met him
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too probably actually he's super attractive man there's like he's so fine something and a about good actor. Him. something about someone being good at their job yeah true <laughs> and he's got fucking style like yeah. he dresses fucking great that time for Moonlight when he won the Oscar he was wearing this dope suit was that the time he had on the beanie? yes yeah,
0: yeah he fine his
1: wife is fucking beautiful also
0: mm. fuck her <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny okay uh anything else bang bang the bitch is dead <laughs> how do you say this bitch's name fuck it Ghislaine. Gla. <laughs> <laughs> maxwell like the cheap cuff, has been arrested hell yeah by the fbi right
0: so it wasn't even like your local
1: cop <laughs> <laughs> hell no Some big time shit. Uh, I saw the who was it that was talking to you on Twitter last night? That was like this shit was calculated. Yeah, that was was smart as fuck. Like I never thought of it like that. But yeah, why the fuck would she come back to the U.S. knowing Mm -hmm. damn well they're looking for yeah someone to some sort of justice in this story after Jeffrey Epstein exactly allegedly killed himself.
0: There are so many layers to this that it just like lends itself to conspiracy. Like, I'm already like looking for um, the, next, uh, yeah,
1: the next, yeah, the next
0: shoe to drop. I'm like, okay, so, yeah, why is she, why does she let that happen? Like, what, yeah, what she, is she has some
1: shit set up for herself. Yep. What has
0: she given up? What is she, I don't Please know. She's gonna be the president. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, Eric Trump, what happened? He tweeted, a photo, because Ghislaine was at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Oh, I saw that. And he tweeted the photo of her at the wedding with the caption, Birds of a feather. Which is what? the dumbest shit. Because all of a sudden, everybody started flooding his feed with picture after picture after picture of his, of his dad, dad. With her and Jeffrey. Yeah.
1: That's so creepy. He's an idiot. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> this sucks <laughs> i saw that well so, so then they invited prince andrew to talk w- with them right but, mm-hmm. no he's he's locked up right now mm. yeah we're, we're never
0: gonna see him again
1: he's gonna be in uh bali with fucking russell simmons oh, in like a,
0: in a minute <laughs> So our friend Cameron on Insta and Twitter said, Mm -hmm. when I said like, why didn't she stay in Europe a la Roman Polanski, Cameron responded, because people are forgetting and they're calling for her head in Europe too, which they might get, but they're not going to get any answers. Jeffrey had a vault full of digital video of men having sex with women he introduced them to that was confiscated during the raid on his mansion in New York. Hmm yeah so then so the camera said if they're gonna get to the bottom of things they would have arrested bill clinton Mm -hmm. yeah alan dershowitz Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) or prince andrew
1: yeah but they you were saying he'll get pardoned which is true like prince andrew yeah yeah prince andrew's not going anywhere yeah fucking right die a prince because
0: could you imagine the just the the blow the blowback like if we arrest if the u.s arrested prince andrew i mean what does that do for relations between the u.s and uk yeah they need
1: to deal with prince andrew over there
0: like whatever whatever they're gonna do it has to to be over there get rid
1: of the royal family we're Mm -hmm. it's 2020 we're not standing the royal family in 2020 guys yeah it's true we're over this shit that's it if we could bring down aunt jemima yeah we could bring down (laughs) queen elizabeth and prince philip it except i don't know man those they're like fucking those those two are never gonna die or what i <laughs> mean i keep thinking prince philip prince philip,
0: philip fucking crazy some weekend of bernie shit like every yeah, time i man. see him he looks like shit
1: man he looks like uh like an embalmed cadaver we lost carl reiner before we lost prince <laughs> philip <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's pretty wild. laughs> oh man So what do you think is going to happen with Ghislaine? Like, so, I mean, she's in custody, right? Because you can't let her, you can't let her out. No. But they got to make sure nothing happens to her.
1: The whole Jeffrey Epstein and this whole crime, like, uh, criminal enterprise or, yeah, like, that whole thing is so frustrating because because of Jeffrey Epstein's, quote, suicide, right? Like, it's just so, like... Are we ever gonna get really, like, even though we have her, which I think is great, and I'm not saying that that's gonna be a clean cut ending either, Mm because I'm sure she has shit set up for herself. Mm -hmm. I just think the whole thing is really frustrating. Like, will there ever be justice served in a way that is gonna satisfy us? I don't know. No, no. Mm -mm. Just the fact that he's gone is like. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. What was your question? I'm sorry. (laughs) She's what like, do you think they're gonna do? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she's got to give somebody up, right? Like somebody big, yeah, to protect herself. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's the only way she's gonna get out of this if she starts talking. But then she's wh- gonna rat on other people. But will
0: she be safe if she starts talking? No,
1: you know. I mean, oh, they might try to protect her in some way, like
0: because this a, shit goes you know, like the
1: FBI. I mean,
0: yeah, this shit goes all the way to the top. So if, oh yeah, so if like word gets out that oh, Elaine is talking, she might. I mean, okay, yeah, she, she might, might never, turn up suicide. Yeah, and... she <laughs> might never get the chance to talk. I know, and if what's... and if she doesn't talk, okay, so who is she protecting? Yeah, and it's, does that mean she
1: feels safer in a federal prison? Like, <laughs> yeah, or back at square one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. This is and that that's that's what gets so scary with a lot of these stories is or a lot of these just industries even like yeah, just like how far this type of power goes. Like last week when you or two weeks ago when you talked about Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Like, How far, like, power and money will will allow you to just get away with really horrible things. Does Ghislaine have money? I don't know. Like, I really don't even understand her relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Because at times it looks like they're, like... Together? Yeah, like, romantically together. Like, it seems like they loved each other, right? Yeah. But, like, how? Like, romantically, platonically? Like, what's going on there? Did he take care of her? She didn't have, like, an official job title with him. Right. So, what the fuck was her purpose other than just to like really like do awful things yeah. for him? Yeah. His right hand arm man. Ooh. His little silly bunny rabbit.
0: Because <laughs> you know, she's probably got a black book. Like, I mean, fuck yeah. if I were her, I would just for my own insurance have that somewhere. Safety deposit box. Something. <laughs> Yeah. Shout out to Heidi Fleiss who never gave up her black book. Good for her, man. This can go so many ways,
1: and break down so many people. Bring down so many people.
0: Right? Woo. I just like I got chills thinking about what could happen. And even if nothing happens, like that's a scandal in and of itself.
1: Yeah. I remember seeing like the CNN thing, like Jeffrey Epstein commit suicide in prison, and I was like, "What? Wait, what?" Yeah. Wait, what? Like, I remember being so fucking, like, just taken back. Like, oh, my God. Like, because I think that also shows how fucking big this is. Yeah. Like, whether, like, people have their thoughts on whether he killed himself for real or Mm -hmm. was murdered.
0: or Either way. Or they let
1: him kill himself, which is the same shit. (laughs) The same shit. Either way, like, that just speaks, like, fucking volumes. Like, how huge this actually goes. Yeah. Yeah. That he really, like, couldn't even have it out there Mm.
0: and then with jeffrey too remember he there was like a suicide attempt a few weeks before Uh and he was on suicide watch he was on suicide watch which is like oh god that's the thing so Mm -hmm. i'm like somebody needs to be watching Ghislaine 24
1: 7 yeah remember in homeland she goes into someone's prison cell and oh no that's in house of cards and she leaves her scarf behind and they kill themselves or was that homeland was that ha- house of cards or homeland because i'm in my face i'm seeing what's her face in your face in my face <laughs> in my mind, my mind uh claire danes but are you seeing uh, no, I'm robin, robin, robin right Wright. Uh. yeah i don't remember now i haven't i stopped watching house of cards like I think the last season I watched was when she was like, I'm leaving you. He was a pre- he was still the president. Mm-hmm. And then next season, I think it became all about her, right? Yeah. That's, was a, like that's the last season. There was like a huge delay because everything went down with Kevin. Mm-hmm. So then I just kind of like forgot about it. When it came back, I just totally forgot about it.
0: You know, I'd say it's it's not like that last season is not great TV. But if you're a fan of House of Cards, I think it's worth a watch also, because I love Robin Wright and that character, like, I stand that character from the beginning. So, like, yeah, when, a, really great. when she was at the end of that one season where she was like, it's my turn, I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I got all riled up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Well, let's look at the world. Here are the people of the earth. Hi, guys. This Hello. is the Drama Club.
0: Welcome. This is the podcast all about scandals, celebrity gossip
1: open marriages (laughs) oh uh movies tv sport (laughs) sometimes sport syrup sir oh syrup (laughs) fake syrup (laughs) syrup my name is stephanie and my name is may welcome uh i'm up this week Ooh ooh. So i want to talk about the disappearance of natalie holloway oh my god i was just talking about this this is crazy what why were you just talking about this i can't remember that's so crazy so that's exactly how it's titled on the wikipedia page i used for this episode (laughs) the disappearance of natalie holloway yeah yeah a few two true crime tv shows i rented the first episode of vanished with beth holloway Uh natalie's mom Uh uh-huh on amazon i listened to a case file podcast on this Damn. and use this great vanity fair article called missing white female by brian burrow anytime there's a vanity fair article oh, yeah i'm all in i'm like this you know, gotta be a, a good story. one <laughs> i went down a hole for this one and i hadn't done that in a while so yeah. it was pretty fun okay I'm and pumped. then on like i want to say like tuesday or wednesday netflix dropped this new show called unsolved mysteries
0: oh yeah it's a reboot of unsolved mysteries
1: yeah and i was like oh shit i was like all up in my dude tr- uh, true crime feels i'm ready to uh fucking try out for my favorite movie
0: <laughs> unsolved mysteries was one of my favorite shows when i was a kid yeah and uh, I, got,
1: I get scared though i'm stupid well i get scared of the music me too <laughs> Dude, Casefile, the podcast, that's what fucking scares me. Like, I was listening to it by myself. Have you ever listened to Case File? Yeah, but I
0: don't remember the music being particularly
1: scary. It's just, like, ominous sounds. And then the narrator is, like, a computer, computer voice it. Oh, yeah. Like, th- yeah, that's right. And so, like, all in all, it just kind of freaks me out. And I, I have to do it in shifts. So I was like, fuck this.
0: I have this tweet in my, in my drafts from last year i think when i was watching unsolved mysteries and i haven't tweeted it yet because (laughs) this was literally what happened like i was watching unsolved mysteries and then i walked out of the room and then robert stack the host of unsolved Mysteries, said he had an iq of 72 and he was known on the street as crazy-eyed alex (laughs) he was known to associate with a man known only as pinguino and (laughs) they're And they're both wanted for murder. And then I ran back in the room. I was like, "Oh yeah. hell yeah!" <laughs> uh,
1: There's no host in the reboot. What? Yeah. No, you need someone in a trench coat and like an uh-huh. ominous voice. Yeah, Ice Cube. I mean, Ice Tea. <laughs> yeah, Ice Tea or Ice Cube, honestly. Yeah, actually, yeah, we <laughs> should have them host it. Okay, let's talk about Natalie. Okay. So Natalie was born in 1986 in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. She had one brother, and they both lived with their mom after their parents divorced in 1993. Okay. Her mom, Beth, married for a second time. She married up to this dude named Jug Twitty.
0: Jug? Uh, She married up to a guy named Jug?
1: He was a wealthy (laughs) Alabama businessman. Okay. And so then the family relocated to Alabama. Did you hear about Alabama this week? No. What about... (laughs) you know no
0: i haven't heard about (laughs) alabama this week what's up with them okay fucking college aged kids are having parties out there with bounties to the first person that gets corona what like they put up money in a pot and the first person that gets sick from going to the fucking party gets the money are you are you guys okay like that the most horrendous ignorant no not just ignorant stupid thing you've ever dangerous
1: how the fuck mm-hmm. a jug yeah come, g- come get your mask yeah. louisiana <laughs> come take back the- we want a refund <laughs> uh, why are you bringing
0: louisiana into it
1: i because I, I fucking hate the louisiana purchase oh, <laughs> i hate the
0: louisiana purchase that's gonna be the next fucking afternoon delight episode
1: <laughs> fucking hate that shit Uh, Natalie graduated from Brook High School in Birmingham in May 2005 at age 18. She was set to attend the University of Alabama on a full scholarship. Wow. And she had dreams of attending medical school. Wow. Some things, like I want to say Case File said she had an eight-year scholarship, but I don't even think that type of scholarship exists. Uh Uh-huh. Because this is 2005. This is like around the time we went to college. There's like one, two, four-year scholarships, but well, they they could have been two separate scholarships, you know? Maybe, yeah. Some reports also called her a straight-A student. I mean, I hope she was. Mm-hmm. Well, what good did it do her? Yeah. Beth insists that Natalie never drank, never had a boyfriend, and never had sex in high school. Mm-hmm. Beth? Huh. Let me tell you
0: something. Actually, no, <laughs> let me not tell you anything. Keep going. <laughs>
1: Her parents paid for Natalie to go on a five-day unofficial graduation trip with 124 fellow graduates to Aruba. Her stepbrother had gone on the exact same trip years earlier when he graduated. Mm. It's unofficial because the school doesn't help put it together, but there are seven chaperones who go along with the students. Cute. The chaperones met with the students each day to basically like do a headcount, make sure everybody was good. But according to the organizer Jode Berman, they didn't keep up with their every move.
0: Well, I mean, they're basically adults at that point. I mean, they're all going off to school like you're not going to be able to keep an eye on them in fucking three months,
1: you know. Do you think your parents would have let you do something like that?
0: Yeah. After graduation.
1: Yeah. I don't think wine would have. Really? Yeah. I'm actually like pretty sure I would have had to like lie or something. Oh, like it's like it's a school thing. Yeah. Huh. And I don't even think cuz I want to say they were all 18 and I wasn't 18 when I graduated cuz yeah. I'm a summer birthday, uh-huh. so I don't know if I would have been able to go. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> just in my <laughs> head. <laughs> where where is Aruba?
0: I'm trying to look at a map right it's now. It's
1: off the coast of Venezuela.
0: Ooh. Aruba.
1: But it's actually a constituent of the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay. So they landed in Aruba on May 26th, 2005. The kids obviously partied like hell, drank a shit ton, and they were all hooking up with each other. Hey. The Holiday Inn advised the chaperones that the school was not welcome to return the following year.
0: Oh shit, and they had been doing that for like a year. They had been
1: going, so you know they were hella ratchet. Congratulations to the the class of 2005. (laughs) No, May. (laughs) Y'all did that shit. May, shut up. Fellow classmates said that Natalie was basically drinking all day, every day. And her close friends admitted that the drinking was pretty excessive. Okay. The crew of kids would basically wake up and start drinking by the pool. And then after dinner, hit up the local trash chain bars.
0: Mm.
1: And like hotel casinos. Like all the hotels had casinos. They got like a Papa's and beer out there and shit. Similar, yeah. There's something something called Carlos and Charlie's. And that's exactly what I think of. Mm. And for a lot of these kids, this was their first experience drinking. Yeah. So they don't know what the fuck they're doing and...
0: And, you know, you're drinking, like, you're on vacation, so you're drinking those tropical Mai drinks. Tais, yeah. yeah. And those, like, can get sugar. away from you. Oh, hell,
1: yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: fuck a piña colada. What I would do for a piña colada this summer.
1: Same. A mint juley. I remember when I went to Puerto Rico, I was like, fuck, yeah. Like, I never had that many <laughs> piña coladas in my life. I I saw the video. Yeah? Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> So Natalie was last seen by her classmates on Monday, May 30th at 1.30 in the morning as she left the Orangestad Bar and Nightclub, which was located inside of a Mexican restaurant called Carlos and Charlie's, which that's what I'm talking about. It sounds like a papas and beer type chain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She left the club with 17-year-old Juran Vandersloot. der Sloot. was a Dutch high school student living in Aruba with his family attending the International School of Aruba. She also left with Euron's two friends, Deepak Kalpo and Satish Kalpo, who were Seronami's brothers. Mm-hmm. Seronami's? Yeah, I wouldn't know how how to say that, but Suriname mm-hmm. is a place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Natalie was supposed to fly home later that Monday, but she never showed up for her flight.
0: Oh damn, poop, that was like so she was still partying like up until the, the moment. Damn, that's yeah. crazy. You got if I girl. haven't
1: if I have any advice for everybody, uh do not get on a plane hungover. It's the worst mistake of my <laughs> life. Her roommates notified. That was the same trip, Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> her roommates notified chaperones that Natalie had never gotten home the night before. And after it was clear she was going to miss the flight home, one of the chaperones stayed back to wait for her at the hotel and notify her parents. Her packed luggage, passport, and all her belongings were found in her room at the Holiday Inn. Natalie's mom called the FBI, 911, and her husband right after finding out that Natalie didn't make it back to her flight. She said, like, she knew she was like, no, something's wrong. Like, there's no way that she knew her daughter, you know, that yeah. her daughter would have missed the flight. Yeah. She's a responsible girl. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. By 5 o'clock PM, Natalie's mom and stepfather were flying to Aruba by private jet beth natalie's mom was on the phone with natalie's classmates during the whole flight trying to retrace all of natalie's steps Mm -hmm. and get as much information as she could within four hours of landing in aruba they presented the police with the name and address of Euron, who they had found out she had left the club with
0: jesus they didn't they had to get that information themselves from god knows where and the police still hadn't had anything uh wow
1: Beth said that the name Euron Vandersuit was given to her right away by the manager of the Ho- Holiday Inn, who recognized him on a club security tape. He was known as like picking up girls that were on vacation. Yeah. The police then went to the Vandersuit home and questioned him. Initially, Euron denied knowing Natalie at all. Then he gave the story that he had met her earlier Sunday at the casino of her hotel the holiday inn Mm -hmm. he said that she asked him to come to carlos and charlie's so he went to go see her and he told the police quote she came on to me like a huge slut so i did belly shots on her and then she asked me to take her home
0: imagine thinking that calling somebody a huge slut was like the move
1: yeah like this is the card i'm gonna play right he said that along with the calpo brothers they drove natalie to the to a california lighthouse area of arashi beach because she wanted to see sharks there he said natalie gave him a blow job, and afterwards they dropped her off at her hotel around 2 a.m this was then corroborated by deepak who was actually at yuran's house when the police showed up
2: mm-hmm.
1: yuran said that natalie fell as she got out of their car but refused their help and as they were driving away she was approached by a dark man in a black shirt Apparently, Euron's first interrogation and the story was told just a few feet away from Beth and her husband, Jug, Mm -hmm. who were hovering around the police. So Euron's dad pulled him away because Beth's husband started yelling at them and Euron's dad stepped in and he was like, everybody stop talking to the police. Mm -hmm. At this point, the police was pretty fed up with Beth and Jug because they at first, I don't want to say they weren't taking it seriously because I don't think That's it. But tourists end up missing all the time in Aruba and they show up after nursing their hangover, basically. Oh, okay. So the police was expecting Natalie to show up any moment and they just thought that her parents were kind of being over the top. Right. So they're like, relax, relax. We see this all the time. Yeah. So I don't want to say they weren't taking it seriously, but this is just it's common. Yeah. Out there. So, I mean, it is a party place, Mm -hmm. you know. That's like the nature of tourism. Search and rescue immediately began looking for Natalie. Arubian and American volunteers joined in to help the effort. The Arubian government even gave thousands of civil servants the day off to participate in searches for Natalie. Wow. 50 Dutch Marines searched the shoreline. The banks raised $20,000 to provide volunteer aid. Beth and her husband were provided housing coincidentally in the same room that Natalie had stayed in in the Holiday Inn. Oh
0: well, I don't know if that's a coincidence. It's like, yeah. oh, we'll put
1: you in Natalie's room. Yeah. Later, Beth was switched to the presidential suite of the Windham. Hey. <laughs> the family posted a reward of one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for information leading Ooh. to Natalie's safe return. Wow. Yeah. Natalie's. Do, do mom... the
0: Vanderstoots have money
1: too? I don't think so. Okay. Natalie's mom, Beth, was really present during every step of the investigation and she gave countless interviews, which helped this become the number one international news story by the first week of Natalie's disappearance. Mm -hmm. MSNBC showed up on the island the first Friday and basically every other news station followed and they fucking stayed there. Mm -hmm. Beth became almost like the lead investigator on the case, moving along with camera crews, questioning locals, conducting searches following any clues and tips she got natalie didn't appear on any nighttime surveillance camera footage of the hotel lobby but the police said she didn't have to go through the lobby to get to her room anyways so Mm -hmm. they still kind of thought she might have ended up at her hotel okay the search for physical evidence was extensive and subject to some fake leads Uh, For example, there was like a blood sample taken from Deepak's car, but it was determined not to be blood. So they had just kind of wasted their money and time on that. Mm -hmm. American law enforcement was then working substantially with the Arubian authorities and Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice even made a statement that the U.S. was in constant contact with the Arubian authorities and they were using substantial resources to try and locate Natalie.
0: Wow. They had Condi talking about this at the height of the Iraq war.
1: (laughs) right (laughs) on june 5th 2005 Arubian police detained former security guards nick john and abraham jones from a nearby hotel on suspicion of murder and kidnapping according to the news accounts statements made by uran and the cowpo brothers were factors in their arrest because they said remember that an unidentified man approached her when they dropped her off sure 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 Reports also indicated that these two security guards were known for cruising hotels to pick up women, and they had at least one prior record.
0: Okay. They
1: were released on June 13th without any formal charges being made, and the Arubian police never disclosed the actual reason for their arrests. Arubian law allows arrests to be made based on serious suspicion, but to continue to keep them held and increasing substantial evidence and increasing evidential burden must be met which has to be presented at a a series of hearings so basically if they can't bring forth more and more evidence they're Uh going to let those guys go
0: Uh, and they're also treating this as a murder now because they were uh, arrested on suspicion of murder yeah okay so they're like all right this this is a thing now
1: yeah so i don't so yeah we'll get into that okay On June 9th, Euron, Vandersloot, and the Calpo brothers were finally arrested on suspicion of kidnapping and murder of Natalie. Mm -hmm. Police said that they were the subjects from the beginning and that they had begun closely observing them three days after she went missing, including surveillance, wiretaps, and monitoring emails. But Natalie's family put increasing pressure on the police, leading them to prematurely stop the surveillance and detain the three men. Natalie's family was pissed when the security guards got arrested. They were like, uh-huh. why are you fucking arresting those guys? Like, clearly it's Yuron and the Calpo yeah. brothers. But the police, because like I said, they have to keep presenting evidence in order to keep someone held. Uh-huh. They didn't want to risk arresting them and then, then go free. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So Natalie's parents were pointing the finger specifically at Euron. Euron's dad was a lawyer who was in training to become a judge. Mm-hmm. So they thought that Euron's parents was pulling strings for him and had some connections with the police.
0: And it's a small, relatively small place. I can't yeah, even imagine tiny. what the population is of, I, uh, of locals. You
1: know what I mean? Like, yeah, not tourists. Here, let's see. In 2020, the Arubian population is 106,000 people. That's <laughs> ridiculous.
0: It's like how many people were in West Hollywood yeah. <laughs> this weekend.
1: Yeah. While the investigation continued, there was a false report on June 11th that Natalie had been found dead. The statement was later retracted and they announced a misinformation campaign. That became huge. Like that was mm-hmm. all over the news mm-hmm. and then everybody had to take it back. Fake news. On June 17th, the sixth person was arrested. Steve Crows was a disc jockey who had been identified by one of the three others. On June 22nd, the police arrested Euron Van der VanderSloot's father for questioning what both steve and Euron's father were released on june 26th without any information from the police being released to the public about why they were arrested or why they were released okay but they had to have something to arrest especially someone who's going to be a judge like,
0: yeah you know i my my first instinct is uh he helped somehow in the cover-up like and the dad yeah the dad so it's like Okay, we know that you're Maybe lying like for him or something. or something. Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that.
1: Meanwhile, Euron and the Calpo brothers changed their stories again. <laughs> All three of them now said that you're that the calpo brothers dropped off Euron and Natalie at the Marriott Hotel beach near the fisherman huts. I guess this area is known as being kind of secluded and where a lot of people go to hook up. Okay. Uh, Euron said he didn't harm Natalie in any way, but after they hooked up, he just left her on the beach. The Calpo's brother's attorney said that Euron then called them to let them know he was walking home. So that phone call should be on the records? Or something, I don't Uh know, this is 2005. Okay. Yeah. At some point during the investigation, Euron then changed the story again. Oh Jesus, okay. In this fantasy, Yuron said that he was actually dropped off at home by the Calpo's brothers, who then took off with Natalie. And the police chief said, like, this is like Yuron changed his story right at the time when he kind of realized that the Calpo brothers were starting to point their fingers in his direction. Yeah. So it was just kind of an obvious redirection that he did sure. to them. So they didn't believe him. And plus the story didn't check out at all. And also. Just for background, the Cowpo brothers are black and Euron is the super white dude, and police straight up said that they had a hard time believing that a white girl from Alabama would stay in a car with two black guys. They straight up said that.
0: Ooh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I don't like any of this. <laughs> this
1: sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. After the initial evidentiary hearings, the Calpo brothers were released on Monday, July 4th, and Euron remained detained.
0: Oh, okay. I know what I was going to ask. All right. So isn't this, could this possibly be a defense in, in and of itself? I mean, I don't know what their laws are over there, but like here, like if you have few people pointing the finger at each other and there's no way to prove like who did it, isn't, doesn't that isn't there enough for like maybe to convince a jury of reasonable doubt because like, Oh, we don't yeah, know if like, it was like them or that guy or that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's all circumstantial, but yeah, absolutely. Like just the fact that how many times has he changed his story already? Yeah. If, and know? He
0: didn't know her. What's the first story? It never matter. Yeah. Don't know who that, that's a dumb. I mean, I think if you, if you killed someone and you've been like <laughs> out with them, like I think, Oh yeah, I'm I, yeah. I met her for whatever. Cause, yeah. Cause there's going like, to be something, like flipping. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh uh-huh.
1: Yeah. He's not a smart guy, but Mm -hmm. yeah. On July 4th, the Royal Netherlands Air Force aided in the search with three F-16 aircrafts equipped with infrared sensors that went over the water and everything. Wow. But the results came out empty. A local gardener then led the search to a pond near the Marriott Hotel Beach. He claimed to have seen Euron attempt to hide his face as he drove into the racquet club with the Calpo brothers between 2.30 and 3 o'clock a.m. on Monday, May 30th. Mm -hmm. Then an anonymous jogger came forward and said that he saw a few men burying a blonde-haired woman in a landfill the afternoon of May 30th. The pond was emptied and nothing came up, and then the police searched the landfill three times. They brought in cadaver dogs and everything, but nothing came up. Natalie's dad has this really sad interview where he says that this is probably like the lowest point in the investigation for him, like when they're searching this landfill. yeah, Because it's like, best case scenario, my daughter's body is gonna be found in a fucking landfill. Yeah. You know? Oh man. I'm so fucked up. This, this her dad or her stepdad? That's her actual dad. Uh-huh. Okay, as the two month mark of her disappearance was approaching, Natalie's parents upped the reward to $1 million leading to information for her safe return and $100,000 leading to her remains. Mm -hmm. In August, the the reward for information leading to her remains was increased to $250,000. So the FBI announced to US residents following the story like they did the OJ trial that Arubian authorities provided its agency with evidence and information regarding the disappearance and they were conducting their own investigation. They found a piece of duct tape with strands of blonde hair on it and that was sent off to be tested, but the samples did not belong to Natalie. Mm. On August 26th, the police rearrested the Cowpo brothers along with new suspect, 21-year-old Freddie Arambatsis. Mm-hmm. Freddie had been involved in an incident where he took photographs of an underage girl and sexually harassed her. Yuron and the Kalpo brothers were allegedly also involved in that incident.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The Rubian police then said that the Kalpo brothers had been rearrested in an attempt to pressure them into confessing. And the prosecution did everything they could to keep all four men detained. But on September 3rd, they were all released by a judge on the condition that they remain available to police. Mm. Then on September 14th, all restrictions on them were re- removed by the appellate court. Because one of the things that they had a problem with was, like, earlier you said, like, okay, so they think it's a murder now, uh-huh. right? But since they never found her body and stuff, they could never prove that they wa- that something violent had happened to her. Right. So it was like, you're keeping these men. You don't have any evidence that they've done anything. You don't have the girl's body to prove that she was killed or something. Yeah. So, like, they just don't even know what happened to her. Yeah, yeah. She could have. just
0: just, she could have left she could have or whatever drowned
1: or something you know on september fifteenth, two 2005 dr phil america's doctor (laughs) decided to take matters into his own claws (laughs) he showed hidden camera interview footage with deepak kalpo where he affirms the suggestion that natalie had had sex with all three men the tape was obtained by a private investigator hired by dr phil the police that, hold up. that yeah. she had sex with them, or they raped her. That she, well, that Cal, he's alleged affirming a suggestion that she had sex with them. I mean, okay. they don't. They don't okay. specify. All right. The police then had to air a full version of the tape, which shows that editing kind of had altered what had been said. Oh, uh. Calpo actually shakes his head and says, "No, no, no, no she didn't." Yeah. The cowpost then filed a slander lawsuit against Dr. Phil and Natalie's parents turned around and filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the cowpost. The wrongful death was dismissed due to lack of jurisdiction and the Mm -hmm. libel case ended up getting dismissed also. Yeah. But what the fuck is Dr. Phil fucking doing?
0: If anything, you're creating
1: a fucking mess. Yeah.
0: You're muddying the waters. You're doing
1: nothing. If you think if you're trying to help someone, no, you're doing the opposite. Yep. Yaron then went on an interview campaign explaining his version of events, with the most notable airing on Fox News over three nights in 2006. Mm-hmm. In his Fox interview, Yaron said that, so he's changing his story again. Mm-hmm. Natalie wanted to have sex with him, but he didn't have a condom. Then she wanted them to sleep on the beach, but he had school in the morning. So he said Satish picked him up at 3 a.m. and they left Natalie on the beach. He said that he lied about all of this at first because he was embarrassed that he had left her alone on the beach and he thought she would turn up. Kalpo's attorney then turned around and said, this is bullshit. Satish so went to bed and he never returned to pick up Yuran. So Yuran, for what it's worth, he's a sociopathic liar at, or something, compulsive yeah. liar at least. Yeah. Or he just like loves that he's, famous just even if it's for this awful Ugh. reason you know yeah. and he just takes every chance he can to spew more lies and kind of keep him in the story i don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: a Rubian authorities and the fbi interviewed more of natalie's classmates back in alabama the police searched sand dunes on the northwest coast and continued searches through april 2006 without results so now we're a full year out the police chief later retired, but before doing so, he told the public that he believed Natalie probably died from alcohol or drug poisoning and that somebody probably hid her body. He said that Aruba had spent $3 million on the investigation the first year, which was 40% of the yearly police budget. Wow. Natalie's family starkly denied that Natalie used drugs.
0: Right. I mean, but it, what if it was the first time? You don't know what the fuck you're doing.
1: and Of course. At Aruba's request, the Netherlands took over the investigation. Dutch National Police started work on the case in September 2006. Juron published a book in April 2007. He gives his perspective of the night she disappeared, the media frenzy that followed. He admits to his initial lies and apologizes for them, but maintains his innocence. On April 27th, the Dutch police searched the Vandersloot home in Aruba. They searched the yard, surrounding area, and they even dug into the backyard. Mm. Again, the police did not disclose what led to the new searches. Mm -hmm. Nothing suspicious was found, but diaries and a computer were seized and then later returned. On May 12th, the Calpo family residence was also searched. The two brothers were detained for an hour because they were objecting to the police entry, but nothing was removed from their home. On November 21, 2007, Euron van der Sloot, and the Kalpo brothers were rearrested following allegedly newly discuss- discovered evidence. Oh. Euron was detained in the Netherlands, but later sent to Aruba, and the Kalpo brothers were both in Aruba. On November 30th, a judge ordered the Calpo brothers released. The prosecution appealed the release, but that was denied. Euron was released without charge on December 7th due to lack of evidence he was involved and again, lack of evidence that Natalie had died as a result of a violent crime. On December 18th, the prosecution officially closed the case and in- indicated that no charges would be filed due to lack of evidence.
0: What? Is that... So that's... They can do that? They can just close it?
1: I mean, yeah, that happens all the time, these unsolved mysteries. It's, and then it's... You're so far out. So now we're December 2008 so it's like what are they gonna find now it's true but they can't just
0: i feel like it's shitty to just be like well
1: we tried it's really shitty right they noted a continued interest in uran and the calpo brothers and alleged that one of the three had said in a chat room that natalie was dead this was all contested by their attorneys but it appears that that was the reason for the rearrests. oh on February 3rd, Dutch TV aired a program about crime reporter Peter Veers' indication that he had solved the Natalie Holloway case. It aired footage from hidden cameras from a Dutch businessman and ex-convict, Patrick Van Der Eem, who had gained Joran's confidence. Joran was smoking weed and said, unbeknownst to him on film, that he was with Natalie when she began convulsively shaking and then became unresponsive. He said he tried to revive her, but there was no success. So he called a friend who told him to go home and his friend got rid of the body. This friend denied the story and brought forth evidence that he wasn't even in fucking Aruba at the time that Natalie Mm. died.
0: Well, thank goodness for that because that could ruin your whole ass life because fucking liar piece of shit just wanted
1: to throw your name in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Arubian prosecutors then tried to get another arrest warrant for Yuron based on these tapes, but the judge denied the request because the statements were inconsistent with all the prior evidence that they had obtained in the case, mm-hmm. and it was just insufficient to hold him again.
0: And at this point, you can't believe a goddamn thing that he says. He's so fucking incredible. Like yeah. crazy. It doesn't matter whether he admits to it or denies it or whatever, just like ignore
1: him. Yeah. And the dude, Patrick Van Dream, wasn't credible either. He was later outed as trying to use the whole thing to get rich. Mm. He ended up writing a book and then was arrested for hitting his girlfriend with a crowbar. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, just a total piece of shit. The Dutch? What's up with y'all? I know. I don't don't (laughs) have nice pastries and shit.
0: Do they have nice pastries?
1: Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever been to... um, that's a dutch town right solving solving yeah i don't know what it is they got pea soup and pastries and shit so good mm-hmm. on november 24th 2008 fox news aired an interview where you alleged that he had sold natalie into sexual slavery he alleged that his dad paid off officers who learned that natalie had been taken to venezuela he later retracted those statements Fox also aired part of an audio in which you can hear two men discussing Euron's involvement in human trafficking. They allege that this was Euron and his dad.
0: At 17 years old though?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Whether or not these are really Euron and his dad has been denied by both of them and then of course other people that know him. And then Euron's dad died suddenly of a heart attack on February 10th, 2010. His dad's death allegedly led him down this super destructive path of excessive drinking and drugs. Mm-hmm. And he had been a partier before this, but there was definitely a shift following his dad's passing. Mm-hmm. On February 23rd, 2010, Yaron gave another interview where he said that he disposed of Natalie's body in a marsh on Aruba. I don't even know how many times this dude has changed his story.
0: And now the case is closed, so
1: he can't...
0: He can say whatever the yeah. fuck.
1: Investigators searched the march and dismissed the story. The locations, names, and times he gave didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. On Mar- in March 2010, they conducted underwater searches again in for looking for Natalie, but nothing was recovered. Then on March 29, 2010, Euron contacted Natalie's mother's attorney and offered to reveal the location of Natalie's body and the circumstances surrounding her death for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. With an advance of $25,000. So he hit an entirely new low. Yeah. Uh. Kelly notified the FBI and they arranged to go forward with the transaction. She gave the $25,000 and obtained information. But authorities said it was all false because the house that he said her body was in wasn't even built at the time of her disappearance. He's sick. He's so fucked up. On June 3rd, Euron was charged with extortion and wire fraud for the stunt. They conducted a raid of two of his family's houses in the Netherlands. And Dave Holloway returned to Aruba to follow up on new clues. Mm -hmm. That's her actual dad. Mm -hmm. But before he was officially arrested, Euron fled Aruba and was nowhere to be found. Natalie's parents were fucking furious. Yeah. Two months after fleeing Aruba and creepily five years to the day after Natalie's disappearance, on May 30th, 2010, a 21-year-old business student by the name of Stephanie Flores was reported missing in Lima, Peru. She was found beaten, dead, and decomposing three days later in a hotel room registered to none other than Euron Vandersloot. Oh, man. He had left without returning the room key and leaving the TV on full blast. Stephanie was less than a year from graduation at the University of Lima and she was the daughter of a prominent businessman who ran for vice president of Peru back in 2001. Wow. They found Stephanie's jewelry, identification, credit cards, and over $10,000 in cash missing from her bags. Her family reported her missing and hotel surveillance tape led them to Yoran's room. Interpol issued an international arrest for Yoran when it was believed that he was fleeing the country. He was then identified entering Chile on May 31st, and on June 3rd, he was arrested in Chile for murder and extradited to Peru. Oh, thank goodness. They found bloody clothes on him. Mm -hmm. He initially denied the murder and said he was going to turn himself in for questioning. An autopsy found that Stephanie had not been under the influence of enough alcohol to prevent her from being conscious, and that she had suffered blunt force trauma, asphyxiation, causing hemorrhage, and a broken neck. That'll happen,
0: you know, <laughs> if you let, if he got away with it once.
1: Yeah. She did test positive for amphetamines, but the coroner was like, there's no way to know whether or not she had been drugged or whether she took mm-hmm. this purposefully. So he didn't want to like add that in his. Yeah, sure. Euron's bloody clothes then matched Stephanie's blood type. On June 7th, authorities said that Euron confessed to killing Stephanie. He said that he left the hotel to go get coffee, and when he returned, Stephanie was on his laptop. He thought she was looking at information regarding him and the disappearance of Natalie, so they got into an altercation where she tried to escape. He said he then lost his temper and hit her, which led to him killing her. Peruvian police chief said Euron told them right away that he knew where Natalie's body was and he would help Arubian authorities find it. But their interrogation was limited to their case in Peru, so they never got into details about Natalie's disappearance. On June 11th, Euron was charged with first-degree murder and robbery of Stephanie. On June 15th, Peruvian authorities agreed to cooperate with Arubian investigators to interview Euron in prison. Mm -hmm. They allowed Beth to come question him and plead for information about Natalie. He never budged or gave any information. This is really sad. She um posts video of this in her uh that show she hosted uh-huh. vanished. Yeah. And it's like it's just he just doesn't give a fuck. Like and yeah. she's like pleading with him, like, you know, like and he oh. just never budges, never gives any information, just completely dead inside.
0: And what I don't understand is like he's like a a monster because this is comparatively so little for him you know yeah just just
1: give her this peace of mind
0: yeah just say like one sentence i killed her and she's here and you're already
1: in jail at this point
0: like who gives a shit like what oh god
1: they also searched his laptop which showed google searches for relationship between peru and chile and countries that do not extradite Extradite? Mm. latin america Mm. That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> Yaron pled guilty to murdering Flores on January 11, 2012 and was sentenced to 28 years in prison. While in a prison cell interview, he retracted his confession and said that he'd been tricked into giving it. Okay. Beth Holloway flew to Peru to be by the side of the Flores family and give her personal condolences during the aftermath of her murder. She said publicly that she was happy that Yaron was finally rotting in jail but expressed remorse that they couldn't stop him from hurting another woman. Yeah.
0: It's so sad that someone, somebody else
1: had to die. Yeah. I feel really bad for Natalie, for Beth too, because like she's in her gut. She knows that it's this guy like from the get go. And yeah. she's like trying to get them to arrest yeah. him and like keep him and convict him and everything. But like, They just can't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, for her, that's got to feel fucking so awful. As for Yaron, he has been linked to a sex trade scheme involving a Dutch prostitution ring. It was found that he had bragged to his friends by email that he was recruiting young Thai women on their way to Holland for a finder's fee of $13,000. Allegedly, he was under investigation for these human trafficking uh, charges but he was not yet charged at the time Stephanie Flores was found dead.
0: Man, so they could have had him for that too? Yeah. Jesus.
1: Six years after Natalie's disappearance on January 12th, 2012, a judge signed an order declaring Natalie Holloway legally dead. Mm-hmm. That was upon pers- like request from Natalie's dad, Dave. But Beth actually fought it. She didn't want them to declare her dead. But at the end of the day, it was like, come on, it's six years, you know? Yeah. So then Oxygen made a documentary show about what had happened on the night of Natalie's disappearance based on an informant named Gabriel's claims. Gabriel claimed to be a roommate and close friend of Euron and said that he had helped Euron dig up, smash and cremate Natalie's bones in 2010. Natalie's mom sued the producers of the show, saying that this was bullshit, harmful, and against all the prior evidence they had obtained in the mm-hmm. case. In March 2018, the informant Gabriel was stabbed to death by a woman that he tried to kidnap. What? Jesus.
0: Who so are all the- these psychos? This is like a ring of psychos.
1: Doesn't it just like this story, this event just brings out like the worst <laughs> men? Yeah. Never mind. I don't want to go to Aruba. <laughs> To date, Natalie's remains have never been found. She remains a missing person, even though technically now she's legally dead. Mm-hmm. Why do they? What was that? that a fucking firework, man! What time is it? She's <laughs> so fucking dumb. It's some neighbors on this block, like every fucking night. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that went wrong in the investigation mm-hmm. of her disappearance. Yeah, her parents criticized lack of progress by Arubian police. But Arubian police criticized her parents for being too involved and hiding evidence that would impugn Natalie's character. Oh. Allegedly, her parents asked all the fellow students to shut the fuck up about the case and to push this picture of Natalie as, like, this southern debutante. Yeah. They didn't want stories out there about partying or drugs or anything right. like that. Sex. Fuck that.
0: PR, though, because then, like... You know how people are. You know how the media is. Like they're not going to care if like she's a quote unquote slut or whatever.
1: They want the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, at one point, a woman had come forward saying that Natalie had gone to a drug house, but Natalie's family didn't want to fucking hear it, so they never followed through on that. Ugh. Beth, Natalie's mom, outspokenly claimed early on that one of the Calpo brothers or Uron had sexually raped her daughter, and she called them all criminals. This caused hella backlash from the Arubian police and the people of Aruba who felt like it was kind of a racist position for this white woman to be in mm-hmm. and felt like everybody should be innocent until proven guilty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Beth urged people not to travel to Aruba and boycotted travel to Aruba, also leading to a ton of backlash from the country who ended up turning on the family and kind of painting uh, the picture of them into like these ugly Americans. yeah. Arubian police publicly were saying that they were fucking tired of Natalie. They wish she would have stayed home. The police said amongst the biggest obstacle in the case was the family's involvement, pressure from the different media stories and distractions with the media, and pressure to make arrests without enough evidence. The Arubian police chief said that they were obstructed from the beginning in their investigation by U.S. officials who swooped in to save this white girl. The story was all over the U.S. TV networks who spared nothing to devote hella airtime to this fucking story.
0: That's another layer to this. That's yeah. like
1: this like, meant that the case was under a microscope. Yeah. So police were hesitant to follow through on leads that wouldn't appease the public. And the coverage on her was eventually said to validate the theory of the missing white woman syndrome. Mm hmm. This theory generally argues that missing persons cases involving white upper middle class women and girls receive disproportionately more attention in the media compared to those with men or people of color. Mm-hmm. It's the, the damsel in distress, like I said. Yeah. This heightened media coverage then leads to more resources and more efforts by our police force and government to help find the women. This then functions as a reinforcement of racial hierarchy in the cultural imagery of the West. Yep. CNN outspokenly criticized the amount of coverage competitors were giving this story with Anderson Cooper straight up calling it downright fucking ridiculous. Mm. Cases of missing Latino and African-American women are significantly underrepresented, often never even covered, let Mm. alone fucking obsessed about like this. Yeah,
0: because isn't there like an epidemic of missing native women in Canada
1: and like of women in Mexico at the border? Femicide? Oh yeah, the... um. The women in Juarez. Yeah. I don't know if it's Juarez actually. Ooh, I went down a disappeared person hole this week though. And let me tell you guys.
0: <laughs> mm, I don't, good. I don't like, I mean, I like mysteries, but I like mysteries that it seems like you could solve, but disappeared people, they, they seem unsolvable to me. It's so I, I don't like it. It's such an awful feeling. Yeah.
1: Like even just reading it, like mm-hmm. it's so, like Natalie's story is so awful to me. Yeah. Like you have no answers and. Oh, I don't know how you find peace if you're involved you don't in, you don't in that family one of the other things is that when we do see women of color or people of color talked about in these kinds of cases the tone of coverage changes and we see a lot more victim blaming than we ever would with natalie yeah. mm-hmm. and natalie was partying like fucking crazy you yeah know? but mm-hmm. they hella didn't paint that picture of her
0: right they'll be like oh uh- well, she was doing it's because she was doing drugs. And yeah, so she was she's like,
1: a straight A student. She had an eight year scholarship. She had a fucking 20 year scholarship. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. basically the missing white woman has become a ratings haven. It's like a celebrity murder case where the media jumps on it like a reality T show and they play out every single scene. This causes problems like we saw fucking stupid Dr. Phil step in. Mm-hmm, the Oxygen mm-hmm. Channel made this own documentary thing yeah. about it, like all without the consent of the family. And it just leads people astray. Even comparing Natalie's coverage to the coverage of the death of Stephanie Flores, who Euron was found guilty of murdering. Right, right. Wholeheartedly believe that the only reason we even know that story is because of the connection of Euron and the Natalie Holiday case. case. Mm -hmm. Natalie's family obviously disagrees, and they felt that the lessening of coverage of Natalie's disappearing due to Hurricane Katrina in August 2005 was bad. Oh, the nonstop Natalie coverage finally came to an end when Hurricane Kat- mm-hmm. Katrina struck, and they thought that this allowed Arubian investigators to release Calpo and Uran like that. They took that moment, yeah, to release the, them. The get out of jail free card, right? <laughs> a hurricane. <laughs> Natalie's mom continues to call for a strike against Arubian travel. She's founded a nonprofit designed to inform the public to help travel safely internationally and she opened a center to aid families of missing people in natalie's name one thing about beth is she's never stopped searching for answers or for her daughter and i think she went about it in an imperfect way but i do give her credit for fighting when i mean i'm sure i would have as a, down.
0: as a mother i i mean like i don't judge her response as a mother you start you're scrambling you're like flailing what can i do to try to find my daughter and you do whatever
1: it is that you can and it may have been wrong but like anything that she was doing at that point was just you know with right. the right intentions uh-huh yeah so that's the story of Ooh, natalie holloway i don't like this it's that so sucks. bad huh yeah <laughs> It's such a fucked up one. Like, I think that I remember, I think that I found out about Stephanie Flores, like in around that time we were like in call, co- I think I was still in college mm-hmm. and it was just like such a weird gut, like bad feeling like, oh, like this bad dude did this bad thing again. Yeah. But I thought
0: when that case happened that, okay, we got like, he's going to, this is somehow going to resolve Natalie's case, but it's
1: still God. not. I know. Whew. Scum of the earth. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well guys. Uh-huh. That was Thanks this, for listening. <laughs>
0: this week's
1: sad ass drama club. Hit us up on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod on the website dramaclubpod.com on the hotline 505 539
0: 90556 at our p.o box p.o box number 27433 laca 90027 leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts give us a tip on our website and we'll talk to you on thursday with a brand new afternoon delight episode bye bye
2: however whatever would your help have.